0: On today's episode of Sports Medicine Weekly, we talk with an expert who analyzes sports injuries and injury prevention through the use of big data and science. But first, warm weather is here. Time to get outside, enjoy your favorite activities, and spend precious time With family and friends, aches, pains, or an injury should not be part of the memories you're making. The therapists at Rush Physical Therapy are here for you. With more than 60 locations throughout greater Chicagoland, Rush's clinical experts will get you back to life. Go to RushPT.com today to schedule an appointment. Not sure if physical therapy is right for you? Request a complimentary consultation and discover the power of Rush Physical Therapy today. One of our sponsors includes Vericel. They develop, manufacture, and market autologous cell-based therapies for patients with serious diseases and conditions. For more information about their products, visit vcell, I'm Steve Cashel, joined by my usual co-host, Dr. Brian Cole, the head team physician with the Chicago Bulls, one of the team physicians with the Chicago White Sox, Sports medicine specialist, orthopedic surgeon from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. And Dr. Cole, we've got a great guest on for uh, this podcast. We're excited to bring on Dr. Christina Mack. Christina is the vice president of epidemiology and clinical evidence at IQVA where she leads uh, studies of medical devices and drugs and heads the sports injury and analytics division running studies in injury prevention and athlete care. Also an adjunct professor at the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill. So, Dr. Cole, kind of fun because um, I know you two met through the NBA, didn't you?
1: yeah so dr mac and i and uh, i call her christina she calls me brian which is totally fine uh she and i have worked together for a number of years so i've been on i was the uh head of the uh, nba research committee for several years and um and still very involved and uh iqv is a is a company that is involved with a number of uh of, of franchises and and specifically within the nba the nfl and the olympics and our goal in the nba is to figure out how we can actually use data big data to hopefully identify injury patterns look at the potential for injury prevention um, and to provide uh, data that we can use for research that can be uh, extremely helpful and maybe modifying some of the problems that we're having in natural history and other things that go on and this This opportunity to work with a company like IQV has been pretty amazing. I can tell you that uh, other uh, organizations have felt the same way. Uh, All of us have uh, published a number of studies that have been, because of the data that's been made available, that's being collected on an ongoing basis. Steve, you know these the cameras, for example, in the arenas, uh, all of that data just it generates millions of millions of data points that has to be processed somewhere. So they not only function on the data acquisition side, but on the uh, data management and actually uh, processing and providing um, uh, reporting functions. So from our world, it's been particularly helpful, and I can tell you that it's it's changed the way that uh, we think about injury uh, recovery and uh, uh, keeping our athletes in the game.
0: Yeah, you and I, Dr. Cole, have talked about for years on our radio show on Sports Medicine Weekly and now on the podcast about all the different cameras and the different arenas. And we always wonder, well, where does that data end up? And here is Dr. Christina Mack joining us here. And Dr. Mack, thanks so much for, for being with us and our guest uh, on this podcast. Um, IQVIA, uh, can you tell us a little more and uh, expound on what uh, Dr. Cole was, was talking about and uh, how long it's been around and uh, how you got involved?
2: Absolutely. So first of all, Steve, Brian, thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm thrilled to be here with both of you. And this is certainly one of my favorite topics. So very glad to be here and getting a chance to talk about it and explain what we do. Um, So as Steve, as you said, I'm an epidemiologist and I work at a company called IQVIA, which is a very large company. We're um, a human data science company, which means that we have a lot of data. We collect a lot of data And there are a lot of medical experts and scientists at IQVIA, as well as data scientists, so people who know how to process, curate, and then use the data to drive evidence to make decisions. Um, And and since I have started doing this, and I'm not going to date myself here, but since I've started doing this, the type of data, the quality of the data, and the overall amount and volume of the data has absolutely exploded. Um, Really, I think beyond what any of us could have even dreamed about a couple of decades ago. And so what we do at IQVIA and also what we do as a sports medicine discipline and as epidemiologists is we take that data, we often link it together, and we work with it to understand what can be learned and how can we land that in a way that can, for example, prevent injuries or further the health of patients.
1: Christina, when you think, how, how many years have you been with them?
2: So I actually started at IQVIA when it, I was employee number 30 at a small company in Boston um, when we, it was a company called Outcome Sciences, and they essentially invented the patient registry. So they invented, and Brian, I'm sure that in your in your role as an orthopedist, you've, you've used these and probably in the early 2000s, um, you discovered patient registries. But essentially, when we started prospectively co- collecting data from American Heart Association and, and physician's offices, free electronic health record. Um, I was a, I, I'm was actually a computer science engineer. So I was on the technical computer engineering side of the business um, way back when. And I worked with that company while I was um, working with patient registries. I discovered public health and epidemiology and um, never looked back. And we were acquired by a company called Quintiles and then merged with a company called IMS to become IQVIA. And I think I'm about 14 years in at this point.
1: So when you think back to some of the, you know, the major initiatives that you've been involved with, and I've been lucky to be, you know, working with you, how how long have you been with the, with uh, the NBA? There's a, that goes back before quintiles. Is that true?
2: I think we might be coming up on six, seven years with the NBA.
1: Yeah. Okay. So when you think back to sort of the all of the accomplishments of this technology now with the incredible ability to collect data, uh, both in the training room, when our trainers document an injury, document the treatment, the recovery, we have access to uh, all the medical records and then combine with other data points that we can get either with some of the uh, wearable technology and then what goes on in the arena, what most excites you about the impact that you can have on on player health with these resources?
2: That's a great question. And, that, and I'll answer this broadly because this really applies to not just the NBA, but, but any group that we work with that is open to curating and strengthening the data that they collect on their populations or on any any patient population or any any population in general. And is willing to link that with other data sources so that we see not just the perspective of a physician putting data into an electronic health record or an athletic trainer putting data in about a player to an electronic health record, but we also see all of the context, depth, richness around that where we're linking that with wearable data, where we're um, linking that with game statistics, where we have cameras, where we might have sensor data that comes in. And and again, this goes far beyond the NBA to a number of of different organizations that are linking these data together to understand, okay, what can we learn about how to prevent injury? What can we learn about how to best treat and rehabilitate players to get them back out to the game as strong as they were before? Um, You know, you can take that into more of a medical setting and say, you know, how do we best heal fractures? What can we learn about patients when we talk to them? when we hear from their physicians, when we look at their medical devices and the data that comes in from those devices, put it all together, what kind of insights can we glean when we, you know, put a really strong body of evidence together, curate it, and then, you know, dig in there and see what we can learn.
0: And then Dr. Mack, do you share that with just the medical side, the medical community, the teams, um, the sports, you know, strength, conditioning people, or the players themselves?
2: That's a great question. And I actually think that that is another, you know, you asked how things have changed. I think that the interdisciplinary nature of the work that all of us do as scientists and, and definitely the work that we do at IQVIA um, has is really changed and has really grown. So I think when I first got into this business more than 10 years ago, we were sharing data and feedback with doctors, full stop. Um, since then, the willingness and interest of both governmental bodies as well as employers and organizations to share data back with patients, to share data back with players, to talk to the people who are really making decisions, coaches, strength trainers, athletic trainers, um, that, that is where the power is. Because you can gather as much data as you want, you can do sophisticated analytics on it and, and find out the answers, but if you can't put that into practice and really land that again, with the patients themselves, with the players, with the coaches, with, and with the physicians and trainers, you really can't make a difference. And you certainly can't prevent anything. You need full interdisciplinary buy-in, interpreting those results, understanding what the, what the evidence means, and then putting it into practice.
0: And Dr. Cole, on your side then, is an NBA doctor and influential with the uh, entire NBA uh, medical staff, you know, different team doctors, um, with the various uh, clubs and everything what do you guys use how do you guys use this I mean what well, what can you you guys are busy right so it's got to be broken down you need it and uh, but, but it's it's got to be exciting to you because it'll help you but um, explain to our audience how, how you guys actually use it
1: you know b- being involved uh, both as a team physician uh, for the Chicago Bulls but also in the sort of governance of the NBA team physician society, and then having a a, a role a direct connection to the research committee, I can tell you that the way it works, Steve, is that we identify a problem, and uh, there's a there's a process that we go through that's a peer reviewed process that leads to our ability to develop. Um, uh, it could be a, I wouldn't say it's a clinical trial, but it's hey we have a question. We've seen uh, a number of ACLs occur last season. Uh, what was different about last season compared to the season before? When are the how are these injuries happening? What players, what types of players, what are some of their body morphometrics that you know, their their body habits and things of that nature and years on the NBA like there's just a a, a gazillion data points that we could look at but we could say these are the things that we think are relevant and then we can go to Christina and to IQV and say look, do you have this data? Uh, We put in as I say, it's a peer review process where the committee has to approve it. We don't want to do anything that's redundant we don't want to waste their time because it's actually, despite the fact that it's, 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 the data is there, it's extremely labor intensive to Get it out in some reported format and what they don't give me is a big data dump for me to analyze it but rather they give me uh something that's uh very easy to understand that i can actually do you know original scientific research so i would say that when we talk about big data this is data that's evidence-based it's accumulated from a variety of sources and then it's us it's up to us as clinicians to say hey what kind of problems are we having uh can we go to this database and say do you have a b c and d and the, it can be spit out in a, in a, in a way that's very, very uh, digestible that we can then actually write a paper, and that goes through the peer review process, too. So I'll give you a case in point, Steve. We were really interested in um, when ACL injuries were happening and the frequency of ACL injuries and how long does it take for them to get their numbers back after they uh, have an ACL injury, have a surgery, and then
0: come back. And we published two or well, three What does that tests. mean, Dr. Clint, so we, get their numbers back?
1: Well, yeah, get, their, get their statistics back. Okay. So, you know, you know, we often talk oh, about, back up so to where you
0: mean back up to where pre-entry. they were averaging before. Yeah, where they were. OK, okay. OK. So those gotcha. are
1: really important data points, you know, for you. You can imagine, Steve, that how how actually sensitive some of this information could be at the same time. For example, sure. the teams may want certain data and the, and the players may want different data or they may have you know the players and their agents may want you know different things you can you can anticipate where there might be you know challenges with this type of thing and 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 it speaks to the fact that you know the data and our interpretation is not always perfect and i'd be really interested you know after i finish my comment for christina to to, you know maybe provide some of her own comments of where some of the, the blind spots are because you know we we've we've asked some really challenging questions you know when we had a truncated season and there were back-to-back games and players weren't sleeping and and you know what was happening on that end, and we found some surprising things and you know much we won't talk about anything that wasn't public these are things that were made very public in terms of the effect of game density back-to-backs and in and east versus west coast you know that is really important information because it can help the nba uh become directly involved in player health but as I was alluding to, there's also you know challenges. I mean, you could argue that uh, this data could be you know potentially misinterpreted, or conclusions could be erroneous conclusions can be made um, that could affect different uh, stakeholders along along the way. Uh, Christine, I'm just curious, you know, to that point, uh, to the extent that you're able to comment, what you know, what have been some of the challenges in terms of who the stakeholders are? Because it's often different when you think about: is it a GM? Is it a training staff? Is it the medical staff? Or is it the player and his or her agent when you're when you're dealing in this space?
2: Sure. I mean, a, f- a few comments. So first of all, I think before we get too much into kind of the, the weeds of the data and, and the you know big picture of what we're finding, um, when we talk about big data and when we talk about any data that has to do with people and patients, we are always thinking about governance and security and ethical use of these data. And so you know, one, I think, underlying component of this is that there is a process around this in every single setting. Um, it does not matter... If you're in a hospital, if you're in a sports forum, if you're um, doing a large population-based registry, there's always a very strict set of rules governing the use of the data, the approvals that have to happen, the de-identification that happens, and the firewalls behind it so that there is no identifiability in the data that's being used and there's no risk to the the individuals that are um, in that data set. So that is always first and foremost. And right alongside that is making sure that any looks at that data have to do with the patients or have to do with the, the individuals in that population and that they're important um, questions that are meaningful and impactful um, to the to the people that we're studying. And I think that if those two things are upheld any time we're thinking about research or we're thinking about generating evidence or using big data, then we're in a good place because we are. Um, again, kind of aligned with international ethical use of, of data and research so that we're making sure that what we're doing is going to further the health of individuals in the population and further the health of our patients. And also we're making sure that we stick with really strong rules governing that data and the use of it. Um, and then that said, um, you know, to your last point, Brian, I think what's, what's critical with this is figuring out what are the research questions that are important to the players or important to the patients that we can feasibly answer with these data in a way that's strong and in a way that we can really stand behind so it's not too limited. So where we always wanna start is, okay, what's the data that we have? Can we combine it with something else? And if we combine several different data sources and we look into that, can we answer the question that we're trying to answer? And if we can't, then we need to go find other data sources or we need to wait and collect that data and look at it down the road so that what we're finding can again land um, and have an impact um, in terms of injury reduction or other other big health impact.
0: Hey, Doctor Mack, I want to take a uh, a quick. Uh, I'm going to take a quick timeout uh, to recognize some of our sponsors. But when we come back, I want to ask how this can relate to the weekend warrior or the everyday person. Uh, your analytics and the work that uh, IQVIA does. But first, JRF Ortho partners with orthopedic surgeons to improve the quality of life of patients by enabling them to have an active life through the generous gift of cartilage and ligament transplantation. Please go to JRFOrtho.org. To learn more, sign up to be a tissue donor at DonateLife.net. And we hope you have tried Karen Malkin's new Protein Brownie Bar and Superfood Bars, Best Tasting Bars on the Market, Certified Gluten-Free Paleo, No Added Sugar. Karen's Protein Brownie Bars and Superfood Bars available on Amazon and at Karen Malkin, K-A-R-E-N-M-A-L-K-I-N.com. They're some of the best you can ever Purchase and consume. So, we're back with Dr. Christina Mack. She is the uh, vice president of epidemiology and clinical evidence at IQVIA, where she leads studies of medical devices and drugs, heads the sports injury and analytics division, running studies in injury prevention and athlete care. And obviously, with Dr. Cole um, being the head team physician of the Bulls, work at the White Sox and, and different teams, we're usually Uh, Dr. Mack talking about professional athletes, but how about how it relates to the so-called weekend warrior? Um, You know, majority of Dr. Cole's patients are still the everyday people. And, you know, he did surgery on my shoulder uh, two years ago. Um, So how, when do you reach into what IKEA IQVIA does? Um, Is it just with professional sports and collegiates and and Olympics right now? Are you dealing or going to start getting into uh, the everyday person?
2: Sure. Absolutely. And, and as I said earlier, you know, IQV is a human data science company. And I think importantly, epidemiology, our, our discipline, my discipline is about population science. And it's about improving the health of, of, of the population of, of everyone. And that hits every single thing. And I think actually, when I, I as I told you, I started out as a computer engineer. And I think when I really fell in love with this discipline and with what, you know, you can do with the methods behind public health and with epidemiology is when I realized that the weekend warrior, um, the armchair epidemiologist, really anyone, everyone battles something at some point. And you're lucky if it's only one thing, but you're always trying to improve your health. And whether you're in good health or you want to be in great health, or you actually have a health issue and you want to figure out what is the most effective way to tackle this and get back there on the court or get back to my daily life and, and bring my quality of life where it needs to be, we are so often, and I'm not sure if we realize it, but we're so often operating blind. And we're so often at the mercy of medicine as an art. Um, and what we really need to be, you know, working through is where is the evidence that tells us what the safest thing to do? Where is the evidence that tells us what is the most effective way to get back to what I want to be doing? You know, if you have a shoulder problem, how do you know you're getting the right surgery and how do you know that you're doing the right rehabilitation techniques and physical therapy to get out there? And I think all of us, and let's take your weekend warrior as an example, all of us have, you know, over a 20 year period of time, we've seen the medical practices change and they change and they evolve because of the data and because of the evidence and that lived experience of our clinicians and our scientists as they try to figure out a better way to Um, fix a shoulder, a better way to fix your knee, a better device to to implant, and a better way to implant that device that's going to keep us out there longer, that's going to keep us safer, that's going to have a higher chance of success. So what we do, um, first and foremost, is we want to prevent the injuries in the first place, and we want to prevent disease in the first place. And then after that, we want to figure out what is the effective way to treat this, what is the safest way to treat this, um and how can we get people out there kind of living their living their best life um in, in whatever ailment impacts them?
1: Christina, I have a question. You know, when you think about the role in with the Olympics, the NFL, the, the NBA, have have there been any is there any existing technologies that provide real time data right now that speak to fatigue or change of performance or, you know, that could be used during a game to make a decision? Are we there yet?
2: You know, I I don't think we are there yet, but I will tell you, and you you know this, and I bet a lot of your listeners know this. There are a lot of wearable devices out there, and I would I would guess if everyone who's listening to this would just look around them, they might have one on. I know I do. Um, I'm I'm wearing my my ring um, that's that's monitoring a lot of a lot of things about what's going on with my body right now. I'm sure a lot of people have on their Apple Watch. Um, There's a lot that we are all curious about and um, starting to depend on to understand our our personal health. And and Brian, to your point, a lot of those companies are putting those devices and those wearable technologies out on the court, out on the field, out on athletes and using them to monitor, um, monitor the body, monitor the muscle and prevent injuries going forward. And I think that um, some of them work. Some of them have a lot of evidence behind them. Some of them have a little bit less. Evidence behind them, and what we need to do as scientists is keep monitoring that data, keep using the methods, the machine learning, the, the analytics that we have at our disposal um, to learn to learn from those and to put some trust and some evidence behind what we are expecting out of them.
1: That's that's fascinating, and um, I think you're right. I don't think we're there, but I think the fact that it's going getting into the hands of the consumer, and then you you sort of blend that with some science, something good has to happen in this, in that, in that category. I, I'm curious. I know Yes. before we finish up, you had the privilege of uh, going to the Olympics, right? And uh, what was your role? And uh, what were some of the things you did there? And, and just share some thoughts about the experience.
2: I did. I did. You know, I, what I, what I would say, um, I think that any, any time I, I watch a sport, I'm inspired. And I think that when we talk about sports medicine and injury prevention um, one of the things that we're all aiming for is those athletes that are out there um, at any level um, are, are, are out there for a, a lot of really good reasons. They're inspiring to watch. And they are, um, I, I think that especially these last couple of years, they're, they're kind of making a world, world turn in a lot of ways. I mean, I watch my kids, you know, they don't have school, they're on Zoom all day. And what lights up their face and really motivates them is watching a basketball game, sitting down in front of the Olympics, turning on football, checking out a volleyball game. I mean, it, it galvanizes people. So what I would say about the experience of the Olympics is that, you know, I've never been more inspired seeing those athletes. Um, and and again, you know, just never, never been more motivated to make sure that we keep sport safe and we keep sport going. Um, and, and we really provide that for something that can unify our world at a time we really need it.
0: And finally, Christina, you got me uh, interested in that ring. So in, in 30 seconds or less, um, what 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 kind of data do you get from the ring you're wearing?
2: That is a great question. So this ring tells me a lot. Um, what do I use it for? All of us are patients, right? So I use my ring to monitor my sleep. Um, I am a mother of three. And what I have learned is that um, I check my sleep data every morning when I wake up. And I look at deep sleep, light sleep, wake-ups in the middle of the night, and I, and I use it to make sure that I'm... Um, rested and ready to do some science every day.
0: That's pretty cool. Awesome stuff. Dr. Christina Mack, Vice President of Epidemiology and Clinical Evidence at IQVIA. Love it. Hey, thank you so much, Dr. Mack. Great stuff. And um, we appreciate all your insight and uh, lending your expertise to that great subject and uh, science as it continues.
2: Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Well, we hope you enjoyed today's Sports Medicine Weekly episode. Be sure to add the Sports Medicine Weekly podcast to your playlist on Apple and Spotify. Listen in anytime, place. Subscribe to the Sports Medicine Weekly podcast. New Sports Medicine Weekly podcasts are shared weekly. On social media, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. One final shout-out to one of our sponsors, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. Has something you can't find anywhere else. The number one-ranked orthopedic and spine care in Illinois. When it comes to diagnosing and addressing your pain, their team of orthopedic providers is focused on giving you the most effective treatments to help you feel and function better. And with access to their orthopedic and spine experts conveniently located in six Chicagoland area locations, Easier than ever to get you back to leading a full, active life. Visit RushOrtho.com to learn more and find a specialist. Many thanks to our producer, Alex Soroka. For Dr. Brian Cole and our guest, Dr. Christina Mack, I'm Steve Cashel. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening to us here on Sports Medicine Weekly. And we'll talk with you next time. Take care.